Pick out your movie, lounge on your couch, watching the stars while you slouch. Now you can listen to what they'll say. It's Easton and friends bringing the couch critics your way. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Couch Critics. Uh, we got another episode for you today. Uh, I am the host, Easton Moore, and I have a brand new guest on the podcast, DJ. DJ is a friend from church. Um, so, everyone say hi to DJ. Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is his first time on, so we just want to uh, get our normal questions in. So, just so people know kind of about your movie taste, what are some of your favorite movies and then maybe a couple of your least favorite movies? Um, I grew up, probably one of my favorite movies is The Princess Bride. Um, that's one okay. I, probably a lot of people don't imagine me liking, uh, but I... Okay. I it's kind of got a lot of everything. Um, my parents got me watching it young, and it's kind of one of those cult classics. Um, that one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club. Okay. Some of those traditional Some classics. Ones. Yeah. Just straight up classics. Yeah. Okay. A couple dislikes? I am not a big fan of uh, horror movies okay. in general. Like So just the whole genre? My wife loves them, and they're just <laughs> not for me. Like I'm. Does she make you sit through them? Oh, yeah. There's a few of them. And most of the time, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I would rather go to the movies to like... Enjoy, enjoy it, and not be on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like, yeah, I like thrillers, yeah. but not horror movies. Yeah, there's a different kind of edge of your seat yeah. of a suspense, or you know, wanting to know what's next, yeah. or a I'm the edge of my seat, or really at the back of my seat because I don't want to be there. Cause yeah, it's scaring the heck out of me. And a lot of it's like I can't relate to people in horror movies because they make horrible decisions. Depending on what horror movie you watch, that is very true. There are a few ones that I've seen that I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have done anything different and they still are in a bad situation. But most of the time it's like, you had five outs. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even feel bad for you. Your cheesy horror movies are pretty rough in that department. And I think, I mean, that's probably why people enjoy them. I'm more, I like the, the more, um, the horror movies that have that kind of, nuance where they're trying to do the right thing and yeah. you have smart and developed characters and they're just in a world that's messed Stacked up whether it's demons yeah. or a murderer or whatever um i like those horror movies more now there are definitely some other ones that are just cheesy and i and i like but i think that's why a lot of people like halloween and stuff like that because that one you do have smart characters you have dumb ones yes but you also have a smart one and yeah um but then yeah there are some some pretty bad yeah i'm that guy that's like yeah, saw that one coming. Like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you were making bad decisions the entire time up to this point, and yeah, you weren't going to make it. Yeah, at least in their defense, I think most of the time they're teenagers. Oh yeah, so they try to pawn it off on that. But I think even as a teenager, you shouldn't be that stupid. Do you think they make a lot of them teenagers because people are like they know they they want those kids with a huge inflated <laughs> sense of pride and ego to, to be like yeah to basically die. <laughs> That's fair enough. That, I've totally always been right. curious about that. Just. And the ones who are more reserved, those they're the ones who end up making it yeah. because they're like strategically mm-hmm. figuring things out. But yeah. Yeah. Tristan's the one that got me into horror movies okay. because I did not watch them before we met. So I was a little bit more down there because I, I never watched one growing up. So when I watched a horror movie, I was terrified. Yeah. And so, but as I watch more and more, I get less and less scared. I mean, I definitely, there are some parts that 
scare me. But for the most part, when you watch a lot, it kind of desensitizes the scariness yeah. of it. Yep. Um, but I like the the Princess Bride is a good one because when I first watched that, I thought it was a movie from like 2000 yeah. that they made to look like it was from the 1970s. Yeah. And then I found out it was from the 1970s and I was like, hey, that's actually pretty cool. It's, They're able to kind of... Yeah. It's it's kind of a fairy tale mm-hmm. with a comic twist to yeah. it that, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just because I was grown up. Oh no! I watched like it, it. I was a teenager but, by the time I watched it, and I yeah. loved it. Like I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't know. When, I guess when you watched it, but yeah, I it was pretty young. I watched it in high school. Was the first time I saw it because it was just on TV. Never heard of it, nothing, and just saw it on TV and started watching it. So that's why I figured it was a movie from like 2000 because I was in high school in 2010 to 2014. So I figured it just came out a few oh. years ago. And I think it's one of those movies that's got all the elements of a story when you're. Like a fairy tale when you're yeah. young. And then as you get older, you start understanding the humor and the sarcasm mm-hmm. in it and some other elements that you don't... Yeah. It's not It's not a bad... Like, it's not... There's no bad language in it, really, mm-hmm. to speak of. You know, there's evil characters, but they're not gruesome. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, as you grow up, you kind of get more into it. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a great choice. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, classics like... I'm not the biggest failure... Uh, viewers day off. I can't say his name right. And then, but Breakfast Club, I'm a huge fan of. I just made Tristan watch it a couple weeks ago because uh, I I love the those old getting the, um, coming of age movies that I'm a big fan of. So yeah, and and it's also one of those that kind of everybody's going through high school. That's that's something everyone's going to relate to is yeah. different factions and cliques and all that stuff. But realizing that at the end of the day, you're all still people. People. Yeah. So and all, you all have your own problems and backstories yeah, and, and yeah you and in high school you feel like your problems are the oh. only problems and the biggest problems and then a movie like that shows you that it doesn't matter if you're popular or goth or jock or whatever everyone's going through problems in high school although it may look like it's great for everyone or other people correct it's pretty much sucks for everyone yeah so and yeah i watched it and i was another one i watched in high school which came out in the 80s i think but yeah. it was just one of those movies that i saw on tv when i was in high school and it i loved it yeah so big, big fan of the john hughes stuff he did. yeah yeah 16 candles i think i watched pretty shortly after that that's more of a girl's version of oh, it yeah but still really good Right. Um, but anyway, so that's just a couple of his movies that he liked, um, or I guess some of his favorites, and yeah. then uh, I guess just a whole genre of movies that he's just <laughs> willing to throw away to the side. And which is unfortunate because my wife loves horror yeah. movies, and I like thrillers. Like I said, I like yeah. the catch you off your yeah. What's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Kind of um, psychological thrillers. Yeah. But just outright horrors is not my. Yeah. Not my I was that way for a really long time until. And uh, I, I give him a shot every once in a while, and I still, still am like, can't at the end of it, I'm like, I haven't found one that I really... Yeah. No. I think it's it's nice that Tristan's not, like, uh, she doesn't just do, like, your hack and slash horror movies. She doesn't yeah. like the gore ones. Yeah. She likes the, the ghost ones. There are some pretty bad ghost ones. Yeah. But... Like The Conjuring and Annabelle's, she's really big fans of. And then yeah. we'll we'll find other ones like Hereditary, which we've done on the podcast. Was We both really loved that one. So, um, But that one's kind of polarizing. Some people 13 hate that Ghosts one. was one that wasn't. I actually haven't seen that one. That's Jim Carrey, right? 13 Ghosts? No, that's uh, room. Tw- that's number 23. You're number, number 23, yeah. <laughs> 13 Ghosts number. is actually kind of one of those I didn't expect to like and mm. then did. And it's yeah. I've heard of it, it, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. Because yeah. that's the one that's from the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, for today's podcast, we're going to be doing, um, 1917, which is a movie that came out technically last year, but also this year, some people were fighting me on that saying that the best movie of 2020 was 1917 because nothing else has come out this year, Yeah, but technically it came out on Christmas, but it Um. had a limited release on Christmas and then it got like the worldwide release on, I think the week after. So it was technically January. I didn't know that. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, well, you know, it's 2020. But then, I mean, it won Oscars at the 2019 Oscars. So I think we I, can, I think we can say that it's a 2019 movie. So 2019 movie that I didn't see till 2020. And then I think we both went and watched this in the theaters. Yeah. Not together. But no, no. We, did, we did both watch it in theaters. And then had you rewatched it before... I guess last night. I watched it last night, and then again today. <laughs> today, actually, um, we rented it and, yeah. and watched it. But it was, yeah. Had you watched it since the theaters? No. Okay. No, I hadn't. I hadn't either. So I was just wondering if it was a movie that you'd seen a couple times, or because it, it's. Well, I guess it hasn't been that long since it came out. Only yeah. a couple months, but I did go months. home and watch like how they made it after the movie came yes, out. Yes, it was okay. that interesting yeah. to me that. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But yeah, the behind the scenes stuff was yeah. pretty cool because I watched some of the behind the scenes before I went and saw the movie because there was a lot of hype coming into this movie. Um, so this isn't really a big spoiler because if you're into movies, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. Yeah. You might have heard of uh, this movie kind of its thing was that it was all it looked like it was all shot in one shot. So there's no there's no cuts. There's I mean, there's technically one cut, but it still flows like it's all one shot and you knew that going into yes. it and i didn't yeah so going into it i i knew that was a thing because i had seen videos and people were like super hype, hyping up this movie um because they were doing something that's n- never been done before which actually it has but this is the biggest movie that's that's done something like this yeah um and so i saw some of the behind the scenes before the movie came out um so i actually saw some of the shots and saw how they did it and and then went and watched it, and I did see some videos afterwards. So, and we were—I uh, went to see this with my wife, and we were probably, oh, probably eight to ten minutes in was where I started to realize, yeah, they haven't cut, they haven't cut yet, <laughs> and it's been a bit. Uh, and, and so, yeah. I—it was a—I leaned over to my wife and said, "Hey, I don't think they've cut yet," and she was like. Kind of brush it off a little bit, yeah. then she noticed it, and then probably four or five minutes after that, she's like, "They still have so it." So we're still the yeah. whole. If you don't know it going in, yeah. you're going to be distracted well, a little bit by. I was the same. This is weird. I was the same way because I had been told and I had seen stuff saying that it was in one shot, and I didn't. I really didn't think that was possible. Yeah, because you would have to have everyone acting for two hours straight. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, so okay, they probably have like seven minute long scenes and then they cut and then another seven like yeah. i figured it was just like an exaggeration like one shot but because there have been movies that do like a nine to ten minute shot that i've seen yeah and so which is hard to do in general and For one so, one per movie yeah one of those exactly per movie, yeah. and so i figured it just had a lot of those mm-hmm. and then so i was like 25 minutes in and i was like this is actually going to be one shot like yeah the they weren't lying. Like I, I kind of thought that maybe it was an exaggeration, and so. Well, you never as, know what they're going to hype it exactly. up as. Yeah. And so, as the film was progressing, I got more and more excited because I was like, "This still, like, still hasn't cut." And yeah. so, even going in, think like 
knowing or loosely knowing, I was still blown away at the fact that they truly did make it one shot. Um, and, and the further you get into the movie, it becomes more impressive. Yes. I mean, like I said, just noticing it in the beginning of the movie is, you're like, okay, this is pretty yeah. cool. And it starts off pretty chill as well. So it, yeah. it's a little bit easier to do that, but then well, it's a I, war movie. So Yeah, and I think it lulls you into a sense of, okay, this is going to kind of... Um, is going to be a little bit slow or they're going to have to, you know, there's going to be some limitations to the cinematography or, you know, the sets, whatever they're using because they're doing it in one shot. And the part of the impressive part to me was that it really didn't limit. No, not at all. I mean, there, I would say that it's a little bit slower than films that cut all over the place. Like the pacing. Yeah. Yes. And, but I think that's part that lead that, plays into the story but too. It, and it also makes it seem a little bit more Realist. real. Yeah. Because you're following somebody for theoretically two hours, which is actually one thing I had against the movie, which is um, because they decided to do one shot, the timing felt really weird. Yeah. Because there were times where time did pass, but it's in the same shot. And so, and it, the first time I watched it, I didn't know that, but I was like, how in the world has this been... 12 hours correct now of course like i said they do cut at one point um and we'll get into that i think a little bit later um but there were also other scenes where it didn't cut but time passed you, you know what's interesting about, and it made me think about it they have to do the same thing for like virtual reality like if mm. you put on goggles and you're kind of in this room that's all virtual uh-huh. to keep you from like uh, i think they do some things where they simulate like the the fuselages of planes so that people can get over motion sickness and stuff like sure. that. But to keep them from running into, like they can't model an entire fuselage, but they can actually make it feel like they're moving farther than they really are oh, within gotcha. the environment. Huh. Um, like an artificial, kind of like your mouse click. You know, you don't move it that fast, but you can change the speed at which yeah. your mouse moves. Yeah. But it tricks your brain into thinking you've actually moved farther than you really have. And I kind of feel like you get a little bit of that in the movie. Is yeah. Times pass and when I went back and watched it, I actually had to like, before doing this podcast, I wanted to have like time intervals because it really does move from scene to scene. And you don't really know how much time has passed until you start yes. getting context. Yes. And by the time you really figure out what time of day it is, it's almost like you were tricked into mm-hmm. that much time passing because, and you're seeing it all in one shot. So yeah. you figured, okay, I've been watching for 30 minutes. 30 minutes has passed. passed yeah. And it's not quite like that. Like yeah. there are definitely parts. Like I think the first 30 minutes or whatever does is all just 30 minutes. What's but, happening? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, or maybe not, maybe there is more time that passed. And like I said, it's just really tricky to get the timing of stuff down. And that's yeah. just, I think that's just a result of them having to do, or not having to do, but deciding to do a one shot movie. Um, which isn't a big heart, but it was, um, and I didn't even really notice the first time cause I was just so yeah enwrapped in what the story was and, in the shots. So I wasn't, I didn't really pay attention, but the second time I watched it, I was kind of like, I even stopped the movie. It was like, it was just night and now, and now it's like, not just day, not, not just like, Oh, okay. Well, the sun's rising. It's like straight up daylight. Almost, almost day. Yeah. Yes, like, like bright, bright morning. And correct. that doesn't happen in 
45 seconds. That's not the way that time works. Yeah. And so that's what really caught it to me. And I think there was one other, one other scene. So it was just, those are the ones that I noticed. And then going back and thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well this probably wasn't three minutes. This was probably 15, 20, 30 minutes. And they just like kind of tricked your mind. Yeah. And, and it's like, going to be, it's going to be a little deceptive when we talk about scenes in this movie, because it's mm-hmm. not really a scene change. It's yeah. more of a, uh, yeah. environment change. Yes. Like you just kind of transitions, you know, I was thinking of those, they've done it in TV shows and stuff where they move from one room into the next room mm-hmm. and you just see the camera go with them into the next room. Yeah. And that's kind of the way this movie runs Yeah, a little, but better. I mean, it's those transitions, like you said, are really completely clean. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're clean. So you don't really notice any of that stuff. It just happens. So we're going to say scenes, but really there's no scene yeah. changes, <laughs> quote unquote. There's just, there's different plots. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. plot changes or, you know, story changes. Yeah. And like the set will change, which mm-hmm. is, which is kind of cool. Like it's you'll, really cool. Yeah. I mean, if you, like, I think you wouldn't watch the behind the scenes and the, if you watch this and you like it, it, it would be cool to go in and I would suggest going in and looking at how, how they just made a, it. Just a 15 oh. minute YouTube video will show you uh, and kind of tell you how they shot this and just how extraordinary it was. Um, because, yeah, it's, it was not an easy feat. And just seeing how they did it was really cool. Well, and I've seen special features on other movies where like they have a continuous scene that goes for five to seven minutes, eight yeah. minutes. And that will be a big part of their special feature. You know, how do we get this one shot that's yeah. really going to... It's kind of a credit to them as, as far as filmmakers. You know, we were able to pull this off within yeah. our movie. You know, everybody's, There's a reason why it won Best Cinematography. Yeah, and, and to, to make an entire movie that's basically that same premise... Yeah. It's just Yeah. It was, awesome. it was amazing. It, it's impressive. Yeah. And so just on a film perspective, it was amazing. And not just for the fact that it was one shot, the the cinematography in general. For yes. if it wasn't in one shot and you just looked at some of the scenes, you would say, This is amazing cinematography work. Correct. And so to have both of those overlaying was I mean, amazing. I think this is, I can't remember the, the guy who did cinematography, but he is a fame. I'm, the director is Sam Mendez. Yeah, um, it was uh, Richard Deakins. Okay, yeah. He's, Roger, Roger Deakins. He's a famous cinematographer. Like, yeah, he did Skyfall and something else. Yeah, he he's definitely known for um, his cinematography. So I think people, like if anybody could do it, they thought oh, he, he was going to be the one to it's, do it. And um, so, yeah, I... I guess we can praise the one shot thing the whole entire time, but I think everyone, if you've already seen this, then you, I mean, you just know. And if you haven't seen it, then just be aware that you're going to be mesmerized for the first, at least 30 minutes, just by the fact that it's all one shot and there's good story development and good character development yeah. while they're doing all this. Yeah. And I really, that was the next thing is I commend these actors. Oh, like, not just, I mean, obviously the main, there's basically two main actors throughout the whole and movie. I didn't know anything else that they were in before this. I um, has have seen one of them um, before. Uh, I would like to remember his name. I'll have it pulled up here. Um, uh, there's George, George McKay and Dennis Charles Chapman. Yeah, Dean, I have, Dean Charles Chapman. I have seen Dean uh, Charles Chapman before, and something, um, but I actually don't know what. So that's weird. 
But um, yeah, they they were both kind of newer uh, newer actors. Yeah, and I think they both did a fantastic oh, job um, for That's having to them. act for this long and know all those lines is one thing, but then also to be able to deliver them with emotion. That was one note that I had is this movie as a war movie, most of them can be, they're going to tug on your heartstrings a little bit. Oh, yeah. There's emotional scenes and cause you have death everywhere. And I mean, you're yeah, you, seeing you go battle. from death to duty yeah. to, you know, what we, we have to do this or else yeah. we die, you know, yeah. and, and, and getting over the emotions yes. of losing your best friend or your, you know, whoever. Yeah. And yeah. so it definitely has a lot of emotion to it. And those two characters are basically the ones that show all of the emotion in this film. Yes. And, and they carry that very well. I think there was one other person at the end of the movie that had an emotional scene, but it was mainly just those two. And yeah. so that was one thing I, I had was the acting in this movie was, I'm not saying it was the best of last year. Cause there was also some other, um, once upon a time in Hollywood and Joker had phenomenal, I need to see both of those. I need to. Oh, you haven't? I haven't seen either of those. Okay, well, those are both really good. And then Marriage Story had really good acting. So last year had an amazing acting performance year, Um, but these guys did amazing as well. Isn't that funny? How I feel like those movies are very much. They're not. I would say that in the years prior to that, you have all the action. uh, the Avengers movies yeah. and, you know, for the last, I'll say 10 years ago up to maybe three, four years ago, it's been all Two, Michael Bay movies. And 2019 you, was one of the better, um, not artsy, but I, acting as an art versus yeah. movies being taken over by CGI and explosions. Yeah. And, and 2019 was probably one of my favorite years in film. I guess 2017 wasn't that long ago, but 2017 had a great year, and then 2019 had a great year, but um, 18 was atrocious, and so was, I believe, 16, and I don't think 15 was that great either. They had some yeah. good movies in there, but overall, there were there was, like there wasn't that many, and yeah. we have, Trish and I both have A-List, or did, no closed down right now, but last year we did, and we were able to see pretty much all of these, like there was just bangers coming out every single week like there yeah. was always something that was exciting and you knew it was going to be good whether that was like Avengers came out last yeah. year so there were movies like that and Hobbs and Shaw like you still had those but then you also had the other end of the movie spectrum and you had right. your which usually like only Christopher Nolan would do something like that you know but now you had Sam Mendes who had this one out and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker and um and I wish I could pull up my list, but the, there's just a, a bunch of really. Well, I think it's really funny how the industry Ford kind versus of versus Ferrari and yeah, more the how the industry kind of swells and contracts like that. You know, um, acting as an art, I think we can all appreciate the the actors and actresses who can pull off a performance and carry a movie on their own shoulders. Where it's not, it's not to discredit these people. Um, who do a great job with the CGI and the special effects and explosions and even the sets. But to see actors carry acting as an art into the movie yeah. and, that, and that be at least a, a good part of the movie. And they're just being more and more great actors and yeah. actresses. Like yeah. I feel like there are um, a whole bunch of these actors and actresses that are taking the next step in their 
careers um because i mean something that i didn't even mention you had parasite which was fantastic with all pretty much unknown act- actors i mean it was, it was yeah. a korean south korean movie so a lot of them aren't known in america not mainstream um, yeah. yeah and that some of them had been in some korean movies but nothing nearly as big as as that and then little women and ad astra and knives out and uncut gems and ford versus ferrari honey boy and so there was just a whole bunch of all I mean, most of them, some of them had new actors or um, actors that hadn't been in anything as mainstream as, as yeah. those. And so, yeah, I'm excited for the next couple of years. I was kind of sad that this year kind of got shut down. Correct. Um, I, but I don't think this year was supposed to be as big. Yeah. As 19. I feel like sometimes there's a every other year kind of thing. Yeah. Which I, I wish they would spread it out a little bit. I mean, because then all these big movies are fighting against each other when it comes to Oscar season. And then you have uh, a year where the Green Book wins Best Picture compared to, you know. Yeah. This year, I mean, Parasite won, but so could have four different movies and nobody would have been mad. Whereas Green Book was just kind of like, well, I mean, it was good. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot else out. So we're just going to give it that. But Correct. Um. Well, and I think we talked about as far as the two characters, the two yeah. main characters, the way that they shoot the scenes with, the, I mean, the camera's right in their face. So to their credit, I mean, it yeah. basically, to summarize it, it basically sits right in front of them as they're moving forward and the camera never moves backwards, really. Um, it does that was, a little bit. Yeah, it, it goes around it, yeah, them. More, yeah. But you don't ever really see them back up. Much oh, of the movie, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole movie is pushing forward. Yes, um, and so to that credit, you were right there with them the entire time. So, you, as far as being able to see the emotion, like they're, like you said, they're, the, they're, they're the emotional drivers of the of the movie. Yeah, and you don't really know who they are. Now, all these, all, there's these other people that come in and they they interact with, and most of them are bigger named actors that you've heard of before. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can, we can go into a couple of them here in a little bit, but they interact with these other generals and people they talk to, and they're all actors you've seen before in other movies. Mm-hmm. So that kind of adds to the prestige of them being an officer is the fact that... Like, you know them. Yeah, Colin Firth was one of the first ones, the general yeah. that they talked to at the uh-huh. beginning. And then you have Benedict later on. And- Correct. And, and all these people that are supposed to be authority figures... Yeah, are actually authority. Yeah, actorial. I didn't even notice that. That's yeah, because it is true. I did know the, um, I did know the generals, and I didn't, I didn't really put that together. But I guess that's a good thing for Sam Mendes to kind of pick out, let's pick somebody who may not be as known, and because these guys are just two lieutenants. Yeah, and that's the whole. I mean, you see, they they make a point of that that they are just normal soldiers being told to go do something. Yeah. Um. I guess one other thing when it comes to the the shooting of the movie, which we should probably be done with it, but <laughs> it's um, that good. I yeah, mean, it's... It, it does a, a great job of being one shot, but not feeling like it's one shot. No, I mean because it it uses so many different angles while not having not cutting. Um, I mean, like you said, it kind of flows to a new scene. And when it does that, it flows to a new shot of them, a Correct. new angle or. Or, yeah, just moving angles all the time, but then also be able to capture their emotion and stuff. So the fact that they didn't have to cut and they were still able to show both sides of that, show the scenery, show the characters, show what's going on around them, all of that without cutting around yeah, um, was 
uh, I noticed that more the sec- that was another thing that I noticed more the second time was I was just watching them go from one scene to the next and then think this is super fluid and I don't feel like I'm in the same exact like I don't feel like I'm just staring at these two guys the whole time. Correct. And I think that's what I was expecting. I was expecting okay if it's all one shot they just kind of have to you're just kind of they're going to be coming at you the whole entire time or whatever yeah. and then zoom out and zoom in and but it was so much more than that. Correct. And um, the camera work that they do in this is and that's why I said if if you once you see the movie if you didn't see it how they made it before you see it definitely see it after cuz it it gives you a whole new appreciation yeah. for You probably should watch it first then go back and see it just so you can Yeah, and you and if you go back and see it again afterwards you'll notice uh, for one thing I they're going across uh Oh, this this calm water. It's still mm-hmm. and, and it's in one of the battle like battle yeah. is taking place here and this is aftermath yeah. and they're traveling through it and the the camera's right above the water mm-hmm. and there's no ripples. Yep. There's yeah, nothing. I noticed that as well. And you're just like, how do they get this shot? And they're like six inches, maybe a foot off the water. Yeah. And the whole thing's just calm mm-hmm. the entire time. And it's going through like razor wire and all this stuff. And you're, I mean, it's passing in front of the camera. Yeah. So and you it's know. it's not like you're changing. No. You're not, you're not cutting. So usually what a movie would do is you would change move that scenes. wire out of the way or whatever. And you would be able to, you know, because you see where the camera has to go. It, yeah, you yeah. see where it has to go 15 seconds before it's there. So you know that there's where is it going to cut? Yeah. Yeah. You think back and you're like how where where is the camera? That like you don't it makes it almost seem like there's no camera on the battlefield. Correct. Like this is just an omnipresent thing that's just showing you what they're going through. Like there is nobody else there. It does feel like there's just two people on their own. Like they are completely by their by themselves. Yeah, you're you're an outside observer, but you're yeah. really not that far outside. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like I so said, the camera's in front of them, some of it, but then it hovers around behind them yeah. and it even backs up a little mm-hmm. bit. So your 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 perspective on them, you're always following them. Yeah, but your perspective constantly changing, and just the scenery that you see while you do it. Um, however, they hide whatever they're holding the camera with is impressive. Yeah, I mean, super impressive. Uh, we can get into how they did some of that later. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, I don't... Almost giving away how they do it's part of giving some of it away just because it's it's that impressive. But um, Yeah, the only other thing I have, I guess, when it comes to, you know, without any spoilers is... Um, I love the changing of pace throughout this, throughout the whole entire yeah. movie because... They are at war, so there are obviously parts in the movie that are super intense. Um, but then at the same time, like like we've said a thousand times, it's all one shot. <laughs> it's all one shot, and so it's all. So you wouldn't think that you would think a, a battle or intense scene would be fifteen twenty minutes, and then it takes a while to get out of intensity. Yeah, but it does a great job of um, flowing in and out of intensity and battle and calmness and emotion, and so. Um, it really just plays you through the whole way and it's very fluid in it's, in it's pacing and really enjoyed it. Cause I, yeah. I think if it was too, if it was intense the whole time, you would just, I mean, it wouldn't be good. And Correct. so, uh, you getting to slow down and, and develop with the characters with their, with their dialogue and them joking back and forth and kind of, 
you know, getting to know their relationship and getting to know who they are and all of that. And then going into intense battle spots is, is very cool. And well, and I the, really enjoyed that of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the emotional roller coaster ride you go on throughout this movie is. I mean, it's their emotional roller coaster yeah, as well. It's yeah, not just yours. Like, correct. Your emotion is their emotion. Yeah. And I think that's something to add because, like. You're that close to them the whole mm-hmm. time. So that's, that's the. That's. That's the trick I feel of the camera yeah. throughout this is you're the third person who's not saying anything. Yeah, that's you. You are you feel like you're along the journey with them, and in doing so, they move from very intense emotional struggles to joking, like you said, joking around, yeah. and that's kind of their coping mechanism. And then you kind of it does a great job of showing what war probably was like. Yeah, and neither of us have been in no. those situations, <laughs> no, no. but. What kind of uh, emotional torture war is? Yeah, uh, going yeah, going through those things, seeing those things happen. Um, Some of the stuff you can see coming, and other things. Yeah, it it. it, I mean, happens in blink of an eye. Literally explodes right in front of you. You don't you don't you don't see it coming, and and realizing that that's like that all the time. Mm -hmm. You, You might be put in a situation where you have to do something maybe you wouldn't choose to do yeah but but it's just what you have to do the stakes are high yeah and i uh i feel like there are your emotion is so highly connected with theirs because you only follow two people yeah if if this is a normal war movie where you're you have 15 different characters you know usually you have three or four that are your main ones like saving private ryan for example you have that main squad like the squadron but then you're also cutting to different people that are in different places around the world and so you also have those storylines but this there are two people that you're on the ride with yeah and so you're able to connect with them emotionally better because there isn't anybody else that's there's no other side stories that are going on it's just what these two guys are doing and what they are feeling um i don't know if that's that's definitely not the best thing for every movie no it's good for this yeah um and so to, to that effect i wouldn't want to see this movie made the same way eight more times yeah like yeah. you could and you i don't think you could do it yeah uh, there are, i mean it would get played out but you it, can definitely take this style and do it for something else maybe not war and it would work but yeah you don't want to do this for just any movie yeah there, there are movies that this would be terrible for because you have to have one time passing is something that you need in movies yeah. and then you have to see more than just two or three people you want to be able to see what's going on in different parts of the movie especially war movies usually you want to see what's going on in this part of the world or what's going on back in america or what you know yeah but you don't see any of that but it's okay for the, yeah this movie yeah and learning that i think some of this was put together from sam mendez the director his was it his grandfather that was his great-grandfather i don't I remember think which it one said it was. at the very end um, well, yeah, I just said it's his stories, his story. And so I looked it up to see who it was and it was his grandfather that told him the stories. And so it's a loose adaptation of the story he was told. So it's a very personal mm-hmm. story. And I know for him, it was, uh, I think in some of the special feature videos oh, okay. I watched was he's, he's always wanted to make this movie. Like this is the oh. one movie he always wanted to wanted do. to make kind of his passion movie. And so just figuring out, you know, budget and, and getting all the logistics yeah. set up to do that. Um, you can tell that he had a lot of cause, stake because to pull that stuff off, you really have to 
it, yeah. it's something you would have to think about for a long time. Well, yeah, the preparation of this movie has oh, to man. be insane yeah. because usually you can go through and post edit stuff or like reshoot scenes Correct. that you didn't like. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. Because you can't get 55 or probably 150 people actors to come back and do it because I mean the movie's not all technically shot at once. Yeah. Yeah. And have them all all of them come back because usually you can reshoot like little scenes with three people or whatever and yeah um and you'd have to be able to make it flow right and so I I don't think they I don't know if they did any reshoots but I highly doubt it. I know they had to when they were shooting the movie they had to wait because some days were too sunny. Yes. Yeah. They had to wait for overcast. Mm-hmm. And yep. so think about trying to stitch together yep. days worth of shoots that are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. They, they used, I mean, most of it's outside, so yeah, it's, it's all it's natural light. natural lighting. Yeah. And think, I do remember them saying that. Trying yeah. to get the the natural light perfect And just in knowing the sky. that you have one day to get this spot done. Correct. Because... You may not get weather like this again for however long, and you have actors that are set and ready to go, and you can't get them to come back or whatever. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. Well, do you have any other general thoughts before we move Um, to uh, some spoilers? As far as how, like the scenes and stuff, I know one interesting fact was they dug out like, Almost a mile worth of trenches. Yes, yeah, like a I, I lot of this movie. Well. And if you're a little claustrophobic, there are parts of this movie <laughs> yeah. you yeah. might not like. Yeah. Just um, some of the ways they get around the, the the one scene thing, or they go in and out of these tunnels. Sometimes of passing through doorways and stuff like that is probably an opportunity to do a switch scene, but it goes into darkness and. But even doing that, a lot of his time spent in trenches. Yeah. And one cool thing is, if you notice the differences, the the nuanced differences in the trenches. From, yeah. From, from the, the British side at the beginning to, to the, German, the and Germans. Then, and then at the end, the, there's a whole yeah. other trench that you, you see that's kind of, well, that's way different than the yeah. beginning of the movie. I, I, yeah, I did notice that, that they're all completely different style of trenches. And just the rocks. And the, yeah. it's more like, it's red clay in the beginning, and at the end, it's a completely different type of rock. So the geology they use for whatever the, the areas they shot at, mm-hmm. well different. and does a great job of just little stuff like that, setting the differences. And it's yeah. a lot of it's in a trench, but you feel like... You're in different spots. Yeah, different it's locations. progressed. And you may only be a couple miles away, but it's still different. I don't Correct. know how far they actually traveled or whatever, but... It's still, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's probably more spoiler stuff, but... Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, so I guess uh, I, I one other thing I I think you already touched on it a little bit, but I did think this movie is one of the better war movies that actually showed you what war was like, and especially for World War One, because World War One is usually not a movie that people pick to, to direct. Yeah. Usually, it's World War Two, Vietnam War, um, really those two. I don't, you know. There's not really. I mean, you can. Correct. I guess you have Afghanistan War is a is a pretty big one as well for modern movies. Um, but yeah, this is. I think the best World War One movie I've ever seen. I don't know how many more World War One movies I've seen, but it. I think this actually goes up on one of my top war, war movies in general for how it made me. It made me feel like at one I was actually there. Yeah, and then two, oh, yeah. what it was actually like. Correct. I mean, World War Two is. I think the one that. Um I think Saving Private Ryan's around yeah. World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I can, I'm just going to name off a couple others um, that I kind of, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Fury. I don't yeah. remember if that one was one or I two. Think, but yeah, we were talking about it earlier, and we weren't, we weren't 100% sure. I was pretty sure with World War II. And I, th- I think you're probably right. Yeah. That one and uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Did you ever see yeah. that one? That yeah. was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. This kind of... All those movies are great movies, and they do a good job of bringing you in. And this is definitely on par with with those. And so it's... But it's obviously the way it's shot makes it set apart, and the fact that it's World War One. So... It's all set through the British Army, which is kind of different. I think yeah. most of the times you see the American, American perspective, yeah. but this is all British, which I think is... Yeah, it's new, and I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it gave so it an yeah. opportunity for a lot of British actors yeah. that you have... De- like yeah. said, you definitely heard of them, but not new two main yeah. characters, but yeah. Fury and Hacksaw Ridge were both World War Two. Okay. So I just went ahead and looked that up. Yeah. But yeah. most of them seem to be World War Two because I think that's... Not really the easiest, but it's also the most exciting. Sounds bad, but when you're looking at a movie, you want well, something yeah. that's enticing, and uh, there was a lot more going on because in World War One, most of it was trench warfare, and I think it shows you a lot of it's just waiting around, and Correct. and so it's kind of hard to write an exciting movie. But this, obviously, this movie does well. Most people think of it World War One as you know, it's. It, 1917 is a long time ago. Yeah. I was I was leaning over to my my wife. She lost her her grandmother a couple years ago, and she was 101. And so I was like, "Your grandma was born." I think we were watching it. I said it was the end of 2019. Um, she wasn't even born yet. Yeah, she was like a, a year after this. This was so set yeah. 1917. Your yeah. grandma would have been born. <laughs> And so it's not that long ago. Like I've but met someone like who was almost alive at the same yeah. time. I mean, you kind of do that with any of the wars, yeah. but um, it feels like it's eons ago. I mm-hmm. mean, you just look at what they were going through during mm-hmm. that time and where we are today. And uh, I like that about all the war movies is this is what it took to get to where we are now. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us nowadays lose sight of that we argue about other things nowadays that kind of in the grand scheme of it seem very small compared to what people had to sacrifice yeah. going. Obviously it's drummed up for Hollywood, but yeah, real war. I think as they get better at shooting these war movies and you see more of what it was can get you How into those emotional it, yeah. part of it. Um, there are things that we hopefully never have to go through in our lives, but it builds an appreciation for what they did go yeah. through. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's definitely a point for war movies that aren't just entertainment. And obviously, Sam Mendes did this not because he wanted to do a, make money off of a war movie. He wanted to do it to honor his, what his grandfather went through. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that was the last general thoughts thing I wanted to say. Um, So uh, if you haven't watched the movie yet, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I recommend it. Um, It's actually on Amazon Prime right now for 10 bucks. You can't stream it anywhere, unfortunately, but um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get it digitally for 10 bucks uh, or rent it for 6 so I would say just buy it. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, there are a couple gruesome spots in it, um, So I, but it, it's really not too bad. It's, it shows you a little bit about war, but it's not, it's not saving Private Ryan Gore or anything. No. It's, it's kind of held back, it's, uh, but still shows you how bad war can be. So. I think everything they do in it that is kind of gruesome is to get you in a mindset 
there's yeah. a there's a few places early on, especially of hey, this isn't a fairy tale. You yeah, know, this yeah. is not a, a oh, stroll. Yeah, yeah, oh, we'll just send them over here and you know, go over to grandma's house and yeah. get some cookies or whatever. This is, yeah. this is you could die at any minute yeah. and, and people are dying around you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend it for pretty much, I think pretty much anybody, because, uh, I mean, even if you're a teenager, it's not too gruesome for your teenager or something. No. So, um, no. yeah, I pretty much recommend this to anybody. I wouldn't show it to your three-year-old, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what your kids were doing while you guys watched it last night. Probably in bed. In but, bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And one of the better experiences, um, sorry you didn't watch it in theaters because not you personally, but oh, yeah. everybody listening here, if you haven't seen it, because the theater definitely gave it a different experience it, just it seeing really it. It really did. Because uh, the sound was also amazing. I have some scenes that I want to talk about later that the sound was amazing in. So Yeah. It does a good uh, job of breaking up, I say, in being, obviously, again, the, the one scene thing. The sound is one of those things that kind of helps transition. Yeah. And uh, if, if there are some, I'll say, droll moments mm-hmm. where they're making progress, yeah. um, but nothing else is really happening, the score yeah. does really... Yeah. And the dialogue also helps a lot with those parts because, yeah. Um, yeah, there are times where, I mean, you're just following these two people, so they're Correct. just walking around. Yeah. Um, and their dialogue between each other kind of helps fill that space yeah. um, really well. I think really well. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, it, yeah. So would you recommend this? To, uh, uh, yeah, I think that, like I said, it, it's one of those things that you wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to see 10 movies made like this, but be, it being the first one that's really told war this way, I do think it has a special place up, up with the Saving Private Ryans and Furies and, and uh, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. If you enjoy those, you're definitely going to enjoy this. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, um, if you've liked any of those, you probably will. And what this kind of does that those don't do is really pull you into a personal story going through this. Um, I'd say Saving Private Ryan might be the only one that pulls me a little bit more yeah. into some of those guys than this one, but that's not a knock on this one. Saving no. Private Ryan is probably my favorite war movie, yeah. so... But if you liked any of those, I yeah. highly recommend this. And even if you don't, and, and you just, uh, I, I think it's a movie worth seeing regardless at yeah. some point in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. All right, sweet. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'd go ahead and stop and go watch it and then come back to us and <laughs> listen to our spoiler part. Um, so yeah, if you have not seen it, go ahead and stop now because we will be getting into spoilers after this ad. Hello, everyone. We are back. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into the spoiler part of the movie. Um, so if you haven't seen it, this is your last chance to shut it off before we, we ruin parts of the movie for you. Um, so I guess right off the bat, do you have anything that you want to talk about that, uh, you know, has spoilers in it? Um, the the obvious one is is, is one of the main characters last chance yeah he ends up dying yeah. so <laughs> yeah. so you get to go through that that's the big emotional yeah. kind of yeah. in the middle yeah actually it's not even at the middle it's kind more towards the beginning yeah. yeah before that um there was a scene that i was kind of off-putting to me because it kind of 
being the movie is supposed to set the scene of what the rest of the movie is. Yeah. And it, I, I think it does pretty good of them not knowing what's going on and, and them going throughout the trenches and all that was shot really well. It's when yeah. you're learning that it's a one shot movie and it's really cool. But when they finally get to the general's office or oh, the yeah. trench, I thought that whole interaction was really poorly done, uh, mainly from the general because they're trying to set this up as being this really important mission that's going to save 1,600 people. Yeah. And they're only seeing these two people, which makes sense for the fact of you can't have 100 people cross these lands if there are still Germans around. Correct. You have to be able to sneak around, so that totally makes sense. But it seemed like it was almost a nonchalant mission. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way right off the bat. Yeah. I saw it more the second time. I, didn't, I guess I didn't know if you noticed at all because we haven't talked about it. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. a good point, though. Because, um, yeah. And the you same thing happens at the end. The, yeah. The second general, like, it's just another day, another, you know, he didn't care that 1,600 of his troops were about to get slaughtered. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of understand he's a general. This is lieutenant. I don't have to thank him. But at the same time, yeah, the other gen- the lesser one does. But yeah, it just was a really off-putting almost first well, way to start. Because it was leading it up to being this is such an important mission. You have to do this or all these people are going to die. And then it just kind of pooped out at the end. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like it, I ended the scene thinking, why doesn't he really care? Well, and I can see, I guess one comment I would have on that is I kind of saw it as a, you feel that way because you're invested. You know, you are with these two guys who have yeah. been assigned this mission. But from a general's point of view, yeah. this is kind of just a chess move. Yeah. You know, and it's, a, it's a pawn move. They've been in this maybe. war for three years and they've seen a lot of people die. And you know what? If he doesn't get there in time and they all die, it's just a we're gonna have to, part of war. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have so, to use those pieces somewhere else. Yeah. And that's kind of what I kind of chalked it up yeah. to a... I can understand that. But just as a... I agree, though. Uh, the fact that they only sent two versus sending more people yeah, kind well, of almost makes it seem like the general... Yes, he wants it to happen. But if it doesn't happen, if these two guys die along the way, then mm-hmm. we don't really have a backup plan. These yeah. other... These other... 16,000, 1,600 people yeah, are going to are going to die. Yeah. And or like, he's like, we're hey. going to send five groups of two people Correct. or something like that. But it, just the way that it ended just made him sound like, all right, well, I've said the mission. You go do it. Yeah. Now get out. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't care what happens to you. I don't care. What, I've got other things to. Yeah. And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, which, you know, maybe it's supposed to. Maybe that was the point of the director to be like, generals are very, this is what I have to do. This is the mission. Go do it. Whatever. Like, yeah, these soldiers are my pawns, my people to use. And maybe that was the point. But at the beginning, he almost sounded like, this is your brother. I, I'm sending you because I want you to know that your brother's safe after, you know. Yeah. It sounded personal and it sounded like he was emotionally invested. And then it didn't. And it was just kind of a kind of off-putting thing. That was the only thing I had really before the big scenes that we, that we kind of have. Well, um, you, you definitely do know that Blake, the, the character whose brother he's going to save, he is chosen because his brother is part of yeah. the 1600 that are going to die. If, if the mission doesn't get a, so you can definitely tell that the, the general plays that up as part of why he was chosen. Yeah. So I, but at the same time, after he plays it up to, Blake, the Lance Corporal Blake, he, after that, like you said, he kind of dismisses him. Yeah. He says, kind of good luck. And 
and turns his back and just yeah, goes back to what he lived with his strategy. And so I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was the only scene that was really off putting throughout most of the film. Not like, yeah, I mean, there the death is off putting because you don't want it to happen, but just felt like it was kind of a a tone shift that wasn't that didn't really fit. I didn't think about it that way, but that does that is an interesting way to look at it. Um, because yeah. then right after that, it jumps to him wanting to get out of there as fast as possible, oh. not even listening to him. And so, like... Determination. Yeah. It, that's, that's the whole theme for the next five to ten minutes. Yeah. Is them, yeah. Him, Which was great. Yeah. I mean, was was a great scene of... It really gets you on their side of, yeah, if it was my brother, I would go mm-hmm. as quick as I can. But then you also see the other guy who's like, okay, we need to think about this. Correct. But... And so, you know, it's when you start really getting into these characters and uh, understanding what they're going through. But... um you know, the whole entire trench, that was when they got into the whole trench thing, which was uh, all really cool. And that's when you talked about the the scene where you see all the whole big trenches and what's going on. And, and then they pan over the water inside that big trench. Correct. And you have no idea how they do it because they just show the yeah. whole thing. And how in the world are they getting down there? So it, That part of it's like the trench thing, why they're in the trenches, you can understand they're kind of floating it above the people's faces. You know, mm-hmm. the camera's just kind of floating. Um, once they get out of the trenches and into the the front lines and across the field yeah. where the battle has no been taking land. place, yeah, um, you see all there's death and yeah. you know, which I thought that was a really cool scene because I've never you always hear of Dead Man's Land. I mean, if you're reading history books or yeah. I mean, I was taught about it in school all the time and that it's called No Man's Land for a reason. You know, it's a death sentence to go out there and they played it up really well because Correct. they're like the people near yeah. the front are like well, it's your funeral yeah like, they're... toss this back as you die so that we don't lose a flare correct like he is basically just making a mockery of their mission because he's like you're gonna die in two seconds so don't ruin our resources don't yeah. waste them well and along the way he's trying to tell people yeah they the, the germans have retreated supposedly and everyone's like we've been fighting over this for years six inches yeah you know for the last several months years yeah. and they're just going to give it up and yeah. and, and retreat out of nowhere yeah After right whatever some, their main general or sergeant just died correct in no man's land yeah two, um, two nights ago yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah and uh i was watching this with my father-in-law for the first time. That was the first time he seen, saw it. And he was yeah. like, why didn't they, why don't they just advance in the middle of the night? I'm like, do you not? Yeah. <laughs> you think it was just that easy that nobody thought, huh, I could just wait till nighttime and nobody will see me. Correct. No, they try it all the time. And then guess what? They shoot a flare up. They see a whole bunch of men standing in no man's land. They all die. It's <laughs> Cause they're all standing up. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or cr- even if you're crawling, Crouched, yeah. you're, you're on literally flat ground for, you know, yeah. I don't know, 800 meters or, you know, something like that. I'm, I'm long enough where a bullet can hit you. But. Correct. I think they talk about the sub trench too. I yes. think they asked before, which yeah. sub trench would be in no man's land. They're trying to dig yeah. up and advance yeah. within that. Mm-hmm. And yet that whole sub trench has been blown, blown away. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they can't really use it to navigate. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting how he said, stay away from the, the mortar like oh, hits. Yeah, yeah. I thought, and that's what they ended up going in, and that's where you have that shot. And the first time I watched, it, I was like, "What? Why are you doing this?" So he just told you because you can't get out of it. Yeah, that you're yeah. not going to be able to get out, and they just, you know, it ended up being fine. Well, that was the only place they could cross the razor wire. Yeah, yeah. I think was was the reason Their they point, did it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and I guess they were trying to be as quick as possible because they had no idea where the Germans were or whatever. But Correct. it was just one of those things. I was like, "Your this person just told you not to go in the craters because." 
like this place is muddy, muddy. Oh, so yeah. it totally makes sense that if you fall on this, you can't climb out and you even see it when they're in there. Yeah. They have like, they show a dead person with his hands stuck in the, like almost at the top. And then I think someone even like grieve it, like, oof, like makes a grunt noise because he sees it and he's like, that could have been us. us yeah. Or, like being that close away, and then also the person in the barbed wire that got caught up in it right mm-hmm. after he got his hand stuck in barbed wire is like imagine having yeah. my whole entire body stuck in barbed wire. So, correct. Um, that was a very what it, it felt like a long time, which I think was a good job on the director. Um, it was a really good scene that felt like forever because yeah. it's you're you're. I mean, it's intense because you don't know what's going to happen. Because in a lot of movies like this, they would say they're retreating and then they would end up coming across people and then they'd be stuck out in the middle of no man's land. Correct. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. And so the first time I watched it, it was a pretty intense scene of them crossing no man's land, which was a lot of fun to watch because I hadn't really seen a movie or a scene like that before. Yeah. And, and as far as the geography that they're kind of going through, it reminded me of, it's like red dirt clay mm-hmm. is what it is. I mean, the, the trenches, you can tell it, it looks like something that's, very clay soil and the whole thing is like orange yeah. everywhere and, and, I, and their boots are you, trench foot and all that stuff you hear about. Yeah. You, now you, you see, see why caked on them the yeah. entire time. And I, I loved how they depicted the first trench of the beginning of the trench yeah. to the front line. Um, just well, how yeah, they, different their demeanor, like all of the people's demeanor was and how they're crouched underneath the trench because mortar shells are coming mm-hmm. across. And when stuff falls, if you're out in the middle of this aisle, it's going to fall on you and Correct. could kill you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just the beginning really set up what World War One was, I thought, really well. Well, when you go from them in the very beginning scene is both of them sitting next to a tree. Yeah. And some like, guy oh, coming up and nice. saying, yeah, and, hey, Blake, we need you to stop by the... Stop by the, get some orders real quick or, you know, yeah. he doesn't really know what he's going to do. He's yeah. resting at a tree. Yeah. And so and you follow him. Yeah. And like 20 minutes ago, you know, when they go to cross into the front lines, you're only like, I don't know, uh, 17 to 20 minutes, somewhere in there into the movie. And you're seeing two polar opposites. Yeah. 20 of the minutes war. ago, you were sitting in a field sleeping. Yeah. And he thought that he was just going to go grab some food. Correct. And then now he's having to cross the most dangerous spot in all of World War One, and probably throughout all of history, except for, I guess, I don't know, the Civil War seems like that was pretty terrible. Where you just stand yeah, and none watch of the were, bullets yeah. hit you. But, I mean, one of the most dangerous spots where you're just out in the open, and if there's one person there, if there's one German waiting, I mean, he's dead. Because, I mean, later in the movie, there's one German in the city, and because he has cover, he can kind of work his way into the city still because he has cover. Correct. No man's land is no man's land because there's You're no exposed. cover. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And just the fear in their eyes when the um, planes came over. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sit, sit still. and It yeah. was a great scene, too. And also, I didn't even know that you wouldn't know Who's it whose was? planes they were. Like, that is completely it. foreign concept to me. Because, I mean, I'm just thinking video game-wise. Oh, yeah, I know that they're, they're on my map or whatever. I know that they're mine. Or Correct. You watch other movies, and you can just tell off of what the ships look like or the airplanes look like if they're yours or not. But it totally makes sense that there's one kind of helicopter, and so they all look the same. Correct. And you have to wait until they're almost on top of you to see the, you know, the spray paint on it to see if it's an ally or not. And yeah, so well, I, 
Planes thought that was interesting. Weren't that old in 1917. No, that, they were made in the middle of the war. Yeah. They were, I think they were made because of the war. I, yeah. I think. Uh, my history could be a little off, but I know that there was a lot of an advancements in war technology during yeah. uh, both the First World War and the Second World War. And I think the first one was um, airplanes was a revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I wouldn't the, say they're... And then both sides got them, so... They're... Uh, there's not a ton of aerial stuff in the movie. I mean, it, it makes up one of the bigger parts, which is mm-hmm. where, where Blake ends up dying. Yeah. But, um, but I would say it's one thing that you maybe was a little different between the world war two movies. I think it comes up a little bit more, um, the airplanes, whereas here it happens, but it's, I wouldn't say that. And there's one, dog yeah, this is an infantry movie. Divi- yes. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of World War, we're in a World War One, and a lot of other movies. When you talk about the other wars, tanks is a big thing, correct? And you show that this is basically you have infantry and you have planes because tanks weren't invented yet. That was World War Two that those got yeah. invented. Again, I think that my history is correct on this. So um, yeah, they, they, they if they were, it was the very very beginning of tanks. Because, yeah, yeah, I don't I, think, I think they did right. because I think um, World War Two is when like. Most of the tanks. Were yeah, because Germany made, like, that's how they pretty much started because they, they had advanced war technology and then we caught up and then they got overran. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, in this movie, you see that it's infantry and then just infantry just scared out of their minds out of planes because, I mean, they're dropping bombs on them, I think, is the big thing. And then there's planes to stop the bombing and whatever. So Correct. Um, just the fearful and just knowing that you have no defense on the ground against these planes was well um, yeah and to really that interesting to expand on that like the way that war is done nowadays is all information like we wouldn't make a move without yeah. knowing ahead of time mm-hmm. and the whole premise of this movie is hey this guy's this this general that they're trying to to reach uh mckinsey uh, i think is his name yeah i think so yeah He's going to make this move because he's chasing the Germans who he thinks are retreating. Yeah, and he got this info two days ago. Correct. <laughs> and, and so... It, yeah, you just continue on that info. They don't know. Nowadays, you know, it would be a, a radio call and, and these two guys would have never mm-hmm. done the mission. Yeah. Um, And so it's crazy to think that in a hundred years war, which has been going on pretty much never forever, yeah. yeah, um, is done so much differently than it used to be. Which how much is, easier it was to fool your enemy. Yeah. Because yeah. they could just retreat, retreat and, and have them think ambush. that they're on the run. And yeah, you were able to tell your other troops to to meet at this one point and to be able to you know, flank or whatever the, yeah. the scenario. It was just a, a lot easier to fool an enemy. But yeah, I just love the... Um, I hadn't really seen that in a movie before. So yeah. really liked the... The fear from, uh, I mean, I don't like that they were scared, but, you know. The emotional part of it, The emotional part of, uh, and seeing how real that was, and just the no man's land, and being able to see that on screen, and how uh, intense it was. Yeah, You didn't really get to know the characters too much before that, but you were invested enough to be scared for their lives. Yeah. And not want them to die out in no man's land. Um, It was such an important mission, too. Yeah. And I I think it's good... um how the the two characters play off each other at the beginning of the movie because when they're in that field at the initial you don't i mean they're they're friends and acquaintances but you can tell fairly quickly on that they haven't been together the entire war yeah um schofield which is a george mckay 
did a great job on him. He's the one who makes it the entire movie. He's kind of the, the yeah the, the de facto main, main yeah. character once yeah. the other guy dies. But you kind of think Blake's the main character because oh, the yeah. mission's about him. Oh yeah, and so he's the one you're kind of like, okay, here's my my protagonist, mm-hmm. and and here's who the guy that I'm supposed to latch on to. But really, you've they kind of switch it up on you, and it's Schofield at the end, and he you kind of get that he's they do a lot of foreshadowing, so he's got him he's got the medal that he's gotten before so from some previous mission schofield's mm-hmm. got this medal and they kind of talk about the yeah. uh the heroics and all that stuff the yeah. stigma of heroics that go around a medal and what it actually means in the middle of war is that i got lucky basically yeah. <laughs> like, like like yes it was brave but at the same time everyone's brave everyone's some brave of them died, and some, i just happened to not die correct yeah. and it's almost a, a survivor's uh guilt mm. uh, sometimes i think in that that's, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and, and he picks Blake is the one who's he says the guy giving him the mission is like, hey, pick someone and yeah. come. Let's go talk to the general or go go to get your assignment. He thinks he's picking him for something Run easy. Or... Yeah, because they're because they're removed from the front line. They're not on the front line. They're they're ways back. Yeah. Um. But then all of a sudden, it this is what I'm talking about the emotional roller coaster ride. It goes from a field taking a nap to crossing the front line in mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Yeah. And so they're setting up all this stuff and it comes in. Why didn't you pick someone else? You know, when they're, when they do cross, they go into the, the German side trenches, which is interesting to see that their trenches look very similar yeah. to the British trenches. And, uh, Blake ends up saving him. And he gets they they hit that tripwire. Yeah, the rat hits that kind of that was another one. Like some some places they kind of let you know that it's going to get rough here in a bit. And that rat falling down and hitting the tripwire was something I didn't see coming at all. In oh fact, yeah, in theaters it was like boom. Yeah, did they just die? Yeah, in twenty no, minutes, no, twenty five totally, minutes in, you totally did think that because it was a big explosion. Yeah, and there's no way he lived through that. And yeah, yeah, Blake. Who's definitely the more determined one of the two? It's not the smarter of the two. I no, think. I would agree with you there. Yeah. He's and not the more. You can tell he's maybe newer. Yeah, because I was about to, to say it almost feels like Schofield. Yeah, Schofield is is pretty much babying him through the no man's. He's he cuts his finger open, letting him through. Correct. Um, the thing, and he. Um, even when they first left the trench, he said, I'll go like he age before goes, beauty. Yeah, he and, goes yeah. up first and, um, he just tends to do things first and is almost helping him through it. Like that's why I thought that they were, when I was watching, I thought they were pretty close friends. Yeah. I didn't see them as like just war buddies. I thought that they had been with each other for a while. Now, of course, war. Yeah. I, you could maybe be with someone in war for five days and that'd be your you know, blood brother for the rest of your life. So, right. I mean, war definitely does that to you. Maybe that's what they were trying to establish that they weren't together long, but they've been together for a little bit. And now that they, now they are really good friends because you, yeah. they just went through stuff together. Well, I think it's interesting. You, you, I mean, you find out that Schofield has his wife and you presume wife and kids by the end of the movie back home. Yeah. And so he becomes more of the, you almost, you can definitely tell that he's the logical one has maybe been through war more. Yeah. But looking back on it, he's a father Mm -hmm. and he's trying to make it home to, but he's trying to make sure that this guy 
also gets to his brother. You can definitely yeah. tell Blake doesn't necessarily. He's not. He's a younger brother. Yeah, you know that. And, and not he, married. Doesn't not married. Kid, doesn't have yeah. a family of his own. Just his mother and but, his brother. Yeah. But the way you look at at uh, Schofield's character, he's more the protector. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody's going to die, it's going to be me because you are younger and you have more life to live and, you know, kind of that bigger brother. He takes the role of the bigger brother and and you don't know that early on. So it kind of pulls you in emotionally. Like, well, these guys, you don't know Schofield's backstory, but you, you know, Blake's really early. Yeah. And so why is he doing so much for him and all this stuff? And, And part of the movie emotionally, once Schofield becomes the de facto main yeah. character is it purposely why? shows everything with Blake first because it wants you to think that he's the protagonist. Yeah. It wants you to think that um, he's going to be in the whole movie and be invested in him, and and then they want you to be invested because they want that you know the scene that we're probably about to talk about. Yeah, they want the death to be emotional and be important, not just f- for Schofield, but for you as well as a yeah. as a viewer and if you watch the trailers and stuff you had no idea that that was going to come i mean you see scenes without both Blake, of them but yeah but that doesn't mean like you're not thinking that one of the two characters is going to die that you saw in 90 percent of the trailer yeah because i saw one trailer and then like i said i saw some back behind the scenes stuff but it was it didn't show any of the story it just showed how they shot stuff it wasn't i didn't do like an hour and a half long thing it was just uh well and this fact, is how they did some of the shots and yeah how the explosions went off and how they had to coordinate stuff and which was all really cool but well and you can tell that blake is the more emotional character maybe you know mm-hmm. he's, he's he's the one with his face grimacing as he's trying to push his way through to get to his brother you know uh-huh. it's almost that adrenaline feeling yeah and then you can see it kind of wear off and Schofield the whole time is very logical like hey I've made it this far maybe we need to stop and think about this do this at night yeah all these kind of more rational the things tactic yeah no, nobody's out at night we can do it then yeah which still makes sense yeah it, but but then yeah, Blake even listen. saves uh, Schofield yeah. once so after the bomb, so but Schofield finds the bomb, correct? Yeah, so and then he's still the one that gets blown up by it. Yeah, yeah, but I think the fact that there's two things because uh, we're going to end up talking about the the death scene, but I got annoyed by Blake, you know, not shooting the officer. Oh my god, that was like why? It's not just you... Blake though. Yeah, it's a problem yeah. I have with. Um, both of them is Correct. they're in the middle of a war and they have a problem killing. Now I, maybe that is just a realism of war and yeah. that you're in war and you want to do everything you can to not kill someone, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't want to kill anybody like right now. I don't want to have to kill somebody, no. but if I was in war and if it was, this person could kill me if I don't kill them, I assume that I would make the decision to kill them. Correct. Yeah. And they both Couldn't. don't do that on multiple occasions and get themselves. One gets themselves killed and the other one almost gets themselves killed. Yeah. Um, multiple times. And that was something that irritated me throughout. Cause they just had two characters that just wouldn't kill. But the, so, so, okay. So he's, so he doesn't want to kill the German officer when he gets shot down. But I was thinking about this the second or third time I watched it. And, the fact that he didn't want to kill the officer and Schofield did. Yeah. Uh, initially, he was yeah, like, let's just put him out of our yeah. misery. And Blake was like, no, 
let's get some water, get some water and, for yeah. him, whatever. I think the same thing saved Schofield, like Blake's determination to be like kind hearted and that stuff. Cause Schofield was buried, looked like he was dead for probably 30 seconds. Yeah. And the whole tunnel's coming down. If Blake was all about himself yeah. and logical, he would have said, if I stay here, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah. So this thing's I coming down. Run and at least have one of us survive. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and he spends a, a decent amount of time shaking Sh- Schofield awake mm-hmm. and then basically leading him out of the, out tunnel. of the place. Yeah. And so that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, it was one, like I said, I was, I'm still pissed off at Blake that didn't kill the German officer, mm-hmm. but that's just the type of person he was. I mean, I'm more pissed off at the German officer. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. They, they pulled him out of a burning plane that he couldn't get out of. And so I don't know if, you know, maybe it is war. And the German officer was like, if they keep me alive, they're keeping me alive so that they can question me, which means I'm going to get tortured and worse things are going to happen. Correct. Definitely could be it. And maybe that's totally real. And it was the right thing for the officer to do to try to kill both of them. Yeah. But it's like, if I was just saved by somebody, I would assume that I wouldn't try to kill them immediately because they're probably still trying to save me. But you know, um, yeah, I could see both sides of it, but I, I was mad at the German officer for killing the person that just saved him. But I still understand it. Correct. And I'm yeah. also upset that they just didn't kill him. That guy knows he's in war and yeah, I mean, I guess we're Americans. So we think he was obviously the bad guy. So, you know, well, and it's something else I think that, you know, this was the first time that a war this big had happened on the world stage. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I say that in our immediate future. I guess maybe maybe you go way back and there's. Yeah, I'm sure there's wars. Yeah, but you really didn't have a anything before this. I mean, this is World War One. Yeah. It was we're countries against countries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of the Civil War where you had North and South killing each other. This was humans going in to kill other humans to to dominate them mm-hmm. um and so just uh, on this scale hadn't been seen mm-hmm. yet yeah and, um and so i think some people held on to humanity in war and i think it's it's hard for us to look back and people who have never been in yeah. in those situations and say well why would you do that well maybe that humanity is what their hope was yeah and uh and, and like likewise Blake didn't have anyone, you know, he was the youngest. He didn't have a family. Yeah. He had his brother in the mission, but he wanted to keep his humanity throughout war. Yeah. He wasn't willing to maybe give up that part of himself. Maybe. So, yeah. yeah. And it was just something I always think about when somebody does something, I would say, dumb in that moment. I go <laughs> yeah. back and look, well, that did his personality or that character trait helps yeah. out other places. Up until that point. Yeah. And you're just, we're just looking at the result. Yeah. And the result was him dying. You know, obviously he doesn't know that his result, the result isn't going to be him dying or else he probably would have killed him. Yeah. If that guy was aiming a gun on him, he probably would have shot him. But he, that wasn't the situation. He yeah. just saw a burning person and decided to save him and, uh, and thought that. Maybe he didn't see the threat, you know. The, exactly. The fact That's that what I'm saying. Yeah. He, the fact he gets stabbed with a knife is yeah. kind of out of the note. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, neither did uh, Schofield. Correct. Because he went and got the water. Yeah. Um, he was like, I mean, I want to kill him, but I don't think he's going to kill Blake. So I'm going to leave. Correct. And go get water. And 
yeah, uh, definitely uh, one of the more real death scenes we've, I think we've seen. And uh, well, I mean, there's been some pretty, pretty big ones. I think Tom, Tom Hanks is a big one in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, and I think Fury has a couple that were pretty rough and pretty emotional. Um, but I mean, yeah, so everyone had every war movie is going to have emotional deaths, but I think this one's the one that felt, well, you don't see like a scared kid dying and I, I don't know. It it was very emotional and very well done and, uh, definitely put you in. Where's this movie going kind of deal too. Well, and and just Schofield's like just being, having to be the one who walks him through his death was just thinking of how hard that would be to be like i can't save you correct i can just sit here and be with you when he asks him if he's dying and he has Mm -hmm. to sit there and say yeah yeah you are it's kind of him trying to help him and just it not working and yep yeah go through that checklist i did think it was coming out of the the shaft where they where the explosion happens the character's dialogue there is very much where schofield goes back and says why'd you have to pick me and it's one of those things where I, I almost didn't make it back to my family. Um, you, you you don't know that in the moment because yeah. you don't. He keeps looking at this tin that he keeps opening up. There's mm-hmm. there's tons of foreshadowing if yeah. you go back and watch it again. Um, but to kind of sum it up, they they go through the they have that exchange of you know I almost died in there because you picked me for this mission, and he has to come tell him like I wasn't trying to lump you into this. Yeah. You know, obviously this is a mission because my brother, I would thought I was picking you to, you know, just do a normal mission. Cause normal, they get, easy mission they get or more call, food. I'm or, sure they get called up for missions all the time. And so it didn't feel like anything out of the ordinary. Correct. Yeah. This definitely wasn't a risk situation <laughs> that he thought they were getting yeah. into. Um, and he tells him he can go back. Yeah. And so they, they kind of just, yeah, he, he gives them the chance to, to yeah. leave. Um, and then they start joking a little bit as they're going through and, mm-hmm. and they, they really start to humanize Blake when he walks through those cherry blossoms mm-hmm. before they get to the, the little house mm-hmm. um, where he ends up dying. But, you know, those cherry blossoms turn up later in the movie um, with Schofield. Yeah. Um, you, you find out some of, of Blake's backstory and yeah. his parents have an orchard, all that stuff. But yeah. So, yeah, really good scene and just really out of the blue or like out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting it in no. our movie theater or any movie theater really. Um, so I guess good, good job on Sam Mendes to, uh, not allow a trailer to ruin a movie cause something like that, they definitely can. So correct. Yeah. I did think it was weird. Once he dies, like five to 10 minutes after he dies, They end up uh, the the British officers come by on. on... I think that was one of the time lapse things. Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing that you're like, he just died. There's kind of a weird pause, and then all of a sudden these guys show up and they're, "Hey, are you okay?" And yeah, it's like, well, why couldn't you've been here five minutes ago, ten minutes ago? Yeah, and they didn't hear him come up or anything, and they were driving on the road right next to him. Yeah, and so they would have seen the crowd, you know. And so I, my opinion, you know, it could be. Maybe it was they showed up right afterwards and didn't see him or whatever. But my guess is that there was a little bit of a time dilation like it, kind of it's, thing. It sped up time a little bit, and he was just kind of sitting there with. You don't know how long he would have been sitting there with morning. Blake. Blake, yes, yeah. and so my guess is that he was sitting there for a solid 
10 minutes or something yep. and actually allowed time to pass and it just didn't show it, which would totally make sense for you seeing somebody like that die right in front of you and Correct. just kind of taking a moment. Like that totally makes sense, but it doesn't tell you that. So it was kind of, I do weird. think it's interesting, you know, in their discussion up before Blake's death, they talk about the medal that Schofield previously got that mm-hmm. he kind of hawks away for, for wine. Yeah. Um, he's like, there's, it's, it's just a, piece of tin yeah with a little ribbon attached to it and that's kind of one of the jokes they get um and and so the fact that blake dies he he also saves schofield he's probably going to end up with a medal um that's something they kind of discuss uh before blake dies and Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of a weird twist on it uh the kind of honor uh it's honor as long as you make it through or for the people that, you know, your family back when, but if you die, Schofield's whole attitude towards war, you can tell is maybe a little more mature. Whereas Blake is looking at, you know, the praise and what accolades and you can definitely tell during his death, he's realizing this is real. This has consequences. I'm I'm going to die. It's the, the, he couldn't believe that he hawked his, his medal away. And, Schofield just has a very more realistic view yeah. of war than Blake does. Yeah. And I mean, he, the way that he just said that he, you know, tell my mother that I wasn't scared and yeah, you can definitely see that he didn't quite understand maybe exactly what he was getting into, which a lot of people didn't no. that were in that time. I mean, even in world war two, people who were 18 or 19 or 20 and some people lied about their age went in when they were 16 and they just thought that they were going in to fight the bad guys and that they yeah. would win and, they would come back a hero and well and they didn't want that coming over to you know wh- wh- yeah. to their household yeah. they don't want that on their front porch um but yeah i thought this was fun no. <laughs> um so yeah that uh, uh obviously uh one of the bigger scenes of the the movie uh emotionally for sure um and that emotion kind of carries for a little while um i definitely thought it was really weird that these cars were driving exactly to the spot that they were going yeah. and that somehow they didn't know they couldn't but, have hitched a ride from the beginning <laughs> yeah like, and so yeah. you know it could just be that they didn't have the communication that they yeah. that we do now or in, uh, in other war movies that i'm used to seeing and so they didn't know that another um battalion or you know regiment or what i don't know the exact terms but you know all these people they didn't know that they were going to that town correct um and so that definitely could have been it but definitely convenient for the story um and then i don't think there it wasn't really that memorable of a scene but i did think that was another thing with a time lapse i think that car ride was a lot longer than the screen time screen time was probably a minute i feel like it had to have been 30 40 50 minutes or something because he covered a lot of ground yeah in a very short amount of time and yeah sure cars will do that but correct not that fast yeah uh, especially not on dirt roads and and so um if you were curious about that that was one spot that i was curious about because i was like it felt like that wasn't long enough to travel that far for realistic yeah Yeah. the realism part of it which is Um, fine no totally fine because you you have to have time pass and you only have two hours correct of scene so yeah yeah it made sense but it was definitely a little confusing i liked some of the banter they got into on oh yeah it kind of takes away from the solemnness that just happened and this was like 
the emotional roller coaster ride in this movie is amazing. Oh, you yeah. go from ten minutes ago they were, this guy died to now they're there's a he's picked up as this convoy and they're joking around in the convoy about yeah. the colonel of or the general of the of mm-hmm. the convoy, kind of telling him to move the trees out of the way and all yeah. that stuff. But yeah. Definitely is all over the place. But then you kind of see their internal... Not a bad all over the place. No, like no. Just a, it keeps... It, it would. It takes what would be an otherwise maybe a, a droll scene and adds dynamic to it mm-hmm. because you, you get to see them, like any other group of guys, would be criticizing the circumstance that they're in. Yeah. You know, They talk about the general, but then they also talk about the war as a whole. Um you know, being over and you know how it's going to end and you know, when it's going to end and that kind of thing. Yeah. And just how different, uh, like something could happen to one person. And so they're yeah. in a completely different state than everyone else around them. Yeah. There's and, all these little side missions going on mm-hmm. and everybody's got their, there's a whole goal, but yeah, you know, he, he joins them for just a brief period of time and they all yeah. wish him good luck. And yeah. they kind of understand that, He's up against a pretty big yeah. task. And they help him. Yeah. Like the, they help him get out of the stuck because mm-hmm. they understand, okay, this guy's been through some stuff and okay, we may get muddy and maybe we'll fall in the mud and our minor we'll inconvenience here yeah. is going to yeah help it, him. Yeah, exactly. You can tell his determination. And that's another part. Like I said, if one key theme of this whole thing is determination, determination yeah. and um, it's, it's inf- infectious to the other people in the convoy. I mean, they see him trying to push the truck out and they yeah. finally... Yeah, get it. But yeah, and so my actual favorite scene of the movie is the night scene. Um, that's a little bit later. He get, I mean, he has that fight with a sniper and and gets out. But um, the night scene was by far my favorite scene in the movie. Which the sniper is the first, the obvious cut scene when he oh yeah he gets shot. Yeah, the the one cut of the movie. Yeah, I forgot that that is kind of I guess important for the whole. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The thing. first time you're like, okay, now this is definitely a cut scene. Yeah, but yeah, and, no, um, I agree with you. The night scene, especially after you see how they did it, is. Oh, I didn't see how. I didn't. I didn't go in and see how they with did the flares, it. Flares. Oh, oh I knew out. there were flares yeah. and stuff. Well, no, like how they shot it with mm-hmm. the flares. That's something I didn't really see in other war movies. Is what the lighting from a flare yeah. going up would oh, actually yeah. look like. Yeah, because they just use the natural light of the flares. Yeah, know? yeah, to, to light the whole scene. And yeah, and the score the, during that during time. That, this, this was the very first part of the night scene where he gets out of the building and he starts running. Um, was yeah. just amazing, like, because he didn't know what was around him, and so he got shot at a couple times. Um, yeah. And that just was a really powerful music score. One part I remember from that and it was just beautiful. I oh, mean, yeah, just visually, it's it's it was stunning. It's amazing. Yeah, um, I learned something when I was watching one of the the special features is they actually made the window, and I don't know if it's when they came out of the sniper building or if it's later on throughout that scene, but the window actually breaks away so the camera can move mm, through it through the window. That makes yeah. sense. And so that's just details like that. On how they were able to make this one shot. Yeah, it looks insane. like the camera just floats through everything. Yeah, yeah. And and now that we're past the, the spoiler part, that's how they shoot a lot of it, is they actually, people sometimes hold the camera. It, it's on this stick that's got, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. stability things on it. But then they, they'll load it onto a, truck. A, a boom 
on top of a truck yeah. or they put it on a drone at some point. Mm, um, I didn't know about the drone. Yeah. I knew that they had somebody carrying it for a lot of scenes and then they would get into a truck and it's, the, they have stabilizers so you can't tell if they're getting onto stuff. Yeah, it's seamless. Yeah. And so, and then they'll do, they'll do onto the boom and then back off the boom mm-hmm. within the same shot. And so oh, yeah. you, you yeah. they're, you're constantly trying to figure out where this, ca- how they're moving this camera around. Yeah. And so if, if you, if you get a good chance to go see the, the special features or YouTube or whatever, I very much recommend going and seeing how they did some of that stuff. Cause it's, as far as the cinematography goes, it was amazing. And, and they'll, they'll move back on like, I think towards the very end, they use some of the extras to actually move the camera. So oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, so I that was just one of my favorite scenes that I had to mention. Um, yeah. and, and I'm the way he moves during that time too is different than you know when he's got the night to kind of uh, obviously the flares are going off, but he can yeah. kind of advance and then yeah. wait and then advance and wait. And yeah, yeah, and uh, this is when he's like he's been he's pretty banged up too at this yeah. point, so. Um, determination was yep. one thing that you see throughout this. And then his lack of being able to kill again was again shown yeah. in this part where he sees a troop doesn't shoot at him, but instead just runs away. Yeah. And then later, um, tells a German soldier not to yell <laughs> instead of just killing him. And then he ends up having to kill him anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then the other German soldier that was walking to him and didn't know that, I guess he was drunk or whatever. He was drunk, was the yeah. One that puked it, and, yeah. Yeah, so he was drunk, and he didn't know that it was... Not the, sur- the soldier yeah, that was getting killed. That yeah. was killed and was walking to him. He could have killed that guy, but instead he shoved him and ran off. Yeah. And so that German soldier yelled, and everyone knew and started shooting at him. Correct. And was... That was one thing that irritated me. It's like, there are some strategy moves there that you're like, I would have done it differently. Yeah. But... Maybe it's just my video game mind where I'm playing a game right now where I have to sneak around and I just kill everyone so I don't have to worry about them. The guys from coming up from behind yeah. you, yeah. But it's yeah. a video game, so it's obviously very oh, yeah. different. So I'm not trying to say that I would kill everyone, but I'm, it's just that's the mind that I kick into when I see stuff like this. But it's also, you know, it's supposed to depict real life and you don't want to. Correct. You don't want to kill people if you don't have to. And you think, if I tell this guy. Be quiet. That he's going to be quiet, but in all reality, it's it may happen and it may not. And you're taking a risk every time that you decide to keep someone alive. But yeah, and all these choices can go one of two ways, you know. And and obviously, he ends up making it and, and going. Um, but like you said, the risk. How do you how do you make that call in the moment? Yeah. Um, and, and when he goes to the the gal that he meets in the city, um, and kind of helps bandage his wound, wounds up and the, the French the French yeah gal. French lady. Um, and, and another point to the foreshadowing is the milk that he found mm-hmm. in the pail. I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, they tied that in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Didn't and, think that ran well with the rest of the movie though. Cause it they was killed weird. Cause they killed all of, not the kid part. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the fact that there was milk in the first place because yeah. they killed all the cows, they chopped down all the trees, they don't have any food, but then they leave a full Bucket of milk. Built a full bucket of milk and a cow is alive there. Yeah. And then you see later that they killed every cow. So the continuity in that part is a little, I mean, yeah. it's a nuanced thing. Very it's, I small, say it's, so not that big of a deal, no. but just one thing since we talked about that scene, I did have to say that that was kind of uh, yeah. second time I watched it, I caught it more than the first time. Yeah. First time I was just like, 
rolling with the movie. So I wasn't really thinking about the fact that, you know, correct. They killed everything else. And well, just, it was interesting. I, I thought that scene specifically with the gal too, because you really hadn't seen any women up until that point. And yes, so when you finally see enough. this French girl, um, put in a circumstance where what, I don't think it was her kid. No, was it? it was, I, but I, I think it, that was just a city a, that people were in. Yeah. And had got turned into a war torn yeah, city. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's just what they were showing is that she was just trying to be nice and care, like care she's just a citizen and found this kid in wherever and was like, I'm going to take care of it because the kid's going to die. Obviously, if I don't want to feel like that's the hope that you hold on to yeah. is your purpose. You know, you're sitting, you maybe her town just burned down. Yeah. The one good thing she can contribute to it is trying to save this save kid's this life. And yeah. that gives her purpose. And mm-hmm. yeah, but you can tell she really wants him to stay yeah. in that moment. And you don't, he never answers the question. If he has a kid, he just starts singing the, the lullaby yeah, uh, or the tale, whatever he, he tells him. He's, I don't think he wants to think about it. Correct. Yeah. You can tell that if he was, if he didn't have a family, he very well could just stay there. And, Probably survive. Yeah, he he probably would low been, and and help her. She would have and, mended his wounds. And eventually, and, the soldiers would have came because they've obviously been going through cities. Because yeah. you just saw that caravan go right next to the city. So, right. um, but he has a mission, and he is yeah, determined. You, you <laughs> hear him that the bell that goes off uh-huh. uh, the clock, and and he counts it, and then you, that's another one of the time dilation ones. You don't really know how long it's been until he counts the clock signals, and it's like a six o'clock or five o'clock, whatever it is. And he takes off. You know, he's like, I got this mission. It's about to be yeah. light. I, I, I'm not going to be able to finish it if I don't get out of here before it gets too light. Yeah. Uh, I do think during that part where he starts to just take off running, they used a, they used a dirt bike. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. They used a dirt bike to follow him, and he is booking it out of the city. Yeah. Like, like I said, he pushes past several guys and jumps into the river. And Yeah. Yeah. The river scene was another one that I thought they did a little time skip. Yeah. Because it was full on mid, like dark. It was dark. And then it was full on bright. Yeah. And the, I actually rewind. Because I mean, the you know, it gets bright, but it doesn't get bright in 10 seconds. No. Like no. it takes time. So I'm not saying they skipped an hour there, but he, I'm thinking he was floating there for a little while before, well, before he you, got up. And you definitely can tell he's exhausted at this oh, point. He yeah. about falls asleep in the water. Yeah. And so that's one of those and things. He chokes you, up, yeah. Yeah. You don't know how long he's necessarily asleep. Been floating yeah. there or, you know, how long they do, do that where they, he jumps in it and it's dark and you you see him in the water and then next time they come up and show kind of a relative pan of the environment, it's much mm-hmm. lighter, like yeah. you said. Um the bodies and all that stuff yeah. was and I thought the song was beautiful. Oh, it fit perfectly. And such a change of pace from the scene that you just had of you thinking, he, like, he looked like he was about to die from everything that was going on, first by getting shot, then by getting chased down, and then yeah. the river almost killed him. And so he just went through Exhausted. three times of almost dying and having to use all of his energy to get out of there and hurt at the same time. And then just a beautiful song and... Um, it's definitely yeah. the, the, the kind of the little motivational push to get to the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things, at least they, they set up the exhaustion. He goes through the dead bodies to get out of it. Mm-hmm. The cherry blossoms come down. That's yeah. another foreshadowing yeah. thing. He kind of, he almost gives up and he sees the cherry blossoms and then he pushes through, um, to get to the camp and here's the song. 
And I thought it was interesting. The song starts and they pan around and it's all these little boys. Like mm. the Devons is who the, this group of, of, of soldiers he's trying to get to. Yeah. Um, they're all extremely young, younger than him, younger than Blake, probably. I actually didn't notice that. The, the, a lot of them are, look like they're 17, 18 year old gotcha. boys. Um, and even the song itself is a fairly high pitched song. Yeah, so it it's is. not a, yeah. it's not a Viking I manly noticed, song. But. I noticed he was young, but yeah, that there was, I guess maybe I just remember all the ones that were, the ones that talked to him looked like they were a little bit older. Maybe a little bit, but there's, you can tell they're a lot of young ones. In he's this. not one of us, but he looks like he's exhausted. Yeah. Just take him with us. You yeah. Know? And he tells him the mission and yeah, he, it's kind of that slow exhale before the climax at yeah. the end of the movie. And it yeah. did a great job the song wise of, of transitioning that. Yeah. And then, um, my net, that second favorite scene was him deciding to go over into no man's land and, and run across yeah. all of that, which was just a great scene and a great way. To, to me, that was like the ending basically. Yeah. This is the basically, uh, last big action push. Yeah. To get you to the, um, conclusion or um i can't think it's not rising action it's the opposite of that falling action yeah you go through this climax to get to the falling action of him talking to the general and just the score of that was amazing the shot was amazing of him running through a battlefield that people are charging at and i'm pretty sure all of that was ad lib they just told people to charge yeah, and he they, actually he he runs into one of the extras. And he that runs was, into two, that and it wasn't planned. planned. I have that written down. Yeah, he was not supposed like they. I think they were supposed to try to stay out of his way. Correct. And <laughs> two of them did not do a good job, and so he he just, just kept, kept going, running, and it was great. Like it looked natural, and so I'm glad that they didn't try to reshoot that or anything. Yeah, I think they only had enough explosives for four takes. Mm. Is what I saw that, in one of them. Was so he just kept funny. going, he, yeah. and he left they, it in there because I'm pretty sure they told everybody. Do not stop under any circumstance. Correct. Do not get out of character because uh, I think the whole movie they told people this because we if don't. we don't have a lot of takes yeah. because if we do 11 minutes of film and somebody decides to stop on the last 30 seconds of it, we can't take the whole entire shot. Correct. So continue acting no matter what. If you mess up, it's fine. Just keep going. And I think everyone did that really well because I never noticed anything that Correct. broke out of character. I even looked a little bit sometimes to see if I yeah, saw could find something. Yeah. No, it was... For the most part, I'm sure there were. Like yeah. all movies have that even when you're not doing 11 minute long takes at a time. Yeah. Or, so well, in the trenches there, this is one thing. So you go back into the trenches before he before he jumps out yeah. of them, and the trenches look way different. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell. And the grass was all new. Yeah, and... it's green, and you can tell this is not a battlefield that's been yeah fought over. Yes, you know because the Germans retreated, so they gave up this ground, and so it's all fertile. It looks so nice. Yeah, it, it yeah. it's not war torn like the first the first trench yeah. scene was. Um, and yeah, it's just that that scene where he's running across is super powerful because he's yeah. trying he's running down the line trying to tell everyone, hey, and, I'm about to call this off. And, and none of them like you're stupid. Yeah, you're dumb. Who are you? <laughs> Nobody. And even the general does the same thing. And well, because I'm sure there's people who are scared. Scared. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the they, guy crying his eyes out. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you can tell he, he makes a decision that 300 yards or whatever. And he just goes for it. Yeah. And the guy's looking at him like, don't do it. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to. And yeah. takes off. Yeah. I kind of wish 
they wouldn't have sent the sh- soldiers out so soon. Let him because run a little it, farther. Well, because it felt weird that he was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't go out there. But then he sends his soldiers out. Right after. Ten, it was like three seconds after. Yeah, you can see he was watching his clock. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it was a coordinated thing. No, it was. They were The whole entire line was supposed to run at one time. Yeah. And But it was just weird that he was saying, don't do it, when he was just about to send his own troops over there. But I, was he was he saying that because he sent them early because he did go over? No, no, I don't. I think he sent him on time. Yeah, I couldn't. I, that was something I didn't know. I mean, they it's all took off. Something so. I didn't think about, but I because it looked like everybody took off. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, I just thought that was weird. Maybe they should have had him like because it's if you're running at full speed for 300 meters, that takes you about. I mean, to be how fast you are, I would say with all that gear and stuff. Yeah, 45 to a minute. Well, he lost the gear oh, in the river. Oh, that's still wet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and in boots and stuff. So, but conservatively, still. 45 seconds yeah. is probably the fastest you're going to do that and all of that. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying that as a normal guy. I don't think he's a... World-class sprinter. Yes. Yeah. And so 45 is probably actually pushing it. Yeah. And so, and they, it does take a little bit of time. And so yeah. they could have had 15 seconds of him running out the open. And then another 30 seconds of him running through the guys. Yeah. And I think that would have been a little better. But that's a nitpick. Yeah. For sure that's a nitpick. Because I love that scene. It was such a beautifully shot scene. And oh, yeah. And love just this... how fluid it all looked. And the explosions all looked like they were real. And, and even right in the, the mortar spot, um, that was one thing I really liked of just mortars randomly hitting all over the place. And it didn't even look like the actors knew. Correct. I'm sure they did. Yeah. But it didn't look like they did. Um and, and liked all that. And I don't really have anything to say on the end. I think I kind of talked about it already with the general not wanting, you know, it felt weird, but I guess understandable with, with war. But correct. Unless you want to talk about, I, I guess, thought Benedict did, did a good job. Yeah. All, all oh, of, yeah. All of, like I said earlier, the, the guys who you recognized were generals and stuff, were generals yeah. and they all did a good job, a great job of delivering their parts. Uh huh. But they aren't the main main yeah. people in it. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. They foreshadow and say, make sure someone else is in the room. Yeah. <laughs> because he he's not going to like the news yeah. you're, you're about to give him. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't disappoint. Yeah. So. Um, but I, the last scene was obviously extremely emotional. Yeah. Um, and I love that actor, too. He's the actor in yeah. Game of Thrones. And he's done a okay. couple things since then. But great actor and just... Uh, I think it was a good way to just finish off with a nice, calm, sad, somber, but he survives and, you know, he got the, the message delivered. And as sad right. as it is, you something was accomplished. Yeah. And uh, just a good way to send it off. Well, and I, I like the fact that they actually had the first wave go out. So he didn't, it wasn't like an easy mission yeah. where he, he didn't have, there weren't consequences. Like he didn't get there with time to spare yeah he would literally mm-hmm. some people died because he didn't yeah. get there and yeah. so and it could have been blake's brother yeah and so it wasn't and you kind of that's that's the final kind of conclusion yeah. um but i like the fact that he's you know com- kind of comforted his brother in you know he saved my life you know all the things mm-hmm. he doesn't do that until he turns back around like he tells him and you can tell he's starting to break down uh-huh. And then he tells him to go, you know, get some food or whatever. And then he turns back around and tells him, by the way, do you mind if I write your mom? Yeah. Like I said, I would. And I wish you would have said stuff the first time, but yeah. you know, you're also talking to somebody that just lost his brother and Correct. it's war. And so you don't, I mean, he doesn't know this guy at all. So Correct. he doesn't know 
you know, how he's going to react to anything. So, yeah, understandable. But, yeah, I, I like the ending. I thought the I, way it ended was great. Yeah. Um, I thought something I thought was interesting was he goes back and basically sits down next to a tree, which mm, is exactly yeah, how, it how it started. Yeah. Um, and that's when you get to know that he has a family and everything. And correct. Just a nice, good circle to the whole. Yeah. The whole movie. And I think that's the way. Uh, I wish more movies ended like that. <laughs> it's a solid conclusion. And it, it definitely brings you back to the sense of time where two hours ago we started this and so mm-hmm. much has happened. Yeah. Yet he didn't take a break. And that's war. Yeah. Like the, day to at day. the very end of this movie, I was thinking like how many more stories are like Just, this out there that nobody knows about because there are hundreds of these stories happening all the time now back then and in world war and every war since there are a whole bunch of people doing heroic things correct um and that's what you know it takes a certain kind of breed of people to do that and i thought it was interesting that uh george mckay the the lead character um his great-grandfather went through a similar like had similar stories really yeah i learned that mm. after the fact i mean I all, a lot of british actors and hmm. so Somebody that in their past, in World War yeah, I, yeah, yeah had something that they did. They're, they're a lot of their relatives actually, yeah. This yeah. this could have been my grandpa, yeah. great grandpa, and um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I think that added to the passion of the movie. You know, when you're shooting scenes that are that uh, intricate, I say that take that much time to go through. You know, eight to ten minutes a shoot with having nothing go wrong. Um, you have to have a group of actors that's probably passionate about the project. Obviously, the director is because it was his his grandpa's stories. Yeah. But I think the fact that you have all these British actors that also have similar stories in their background really came across in their dedication to the, the idea the of film, having yeah. it. Yeah. Because yes, it would be a lot easier to to shoot it in multiple scenes and in the traditional way. Um, but. Yeah, this this twist on it definitely adds is the reason it yeah. was it was the movie it was. Yeah. Would have been good without and I think that is this is important. This movie would have been great if without. it was if it was done normally. Yeah. Um and I wasn't sure about that the first time I watched it. I was cuz I was just so mesmerized by the shot. Yeah. Um that I almost didn't pay attention to the rest of the movie as much. Um but then the second time watching, I'm like, this is just a good movie. Correct. And um, great, great emotion, good characters, great score. And then cinematography is just what is the staple of the movie. Yeah. But everything around it is also great. So um, Correct. not not like the greatest movie of all time, but no. really, really good. And so um, really enjoyed it. You got anything else on uh, the movie? Any notes you uh, you wanted to speak on? <laughs> Uh, I I think that's about sums it up. I, yeah. I, they said it's a movie that definitely puts you on an emotional roller coaster ride. Um, it, it might not be for everyone, but I think everyone should at least experience it. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, for the cinematography. Real. Yeah. yeah. Um, to to take that much passion in something that your grandpa told you, mm-hmm. and to put it into a story and, yeah. and film it that way. Um. Is just really impressive. Yeah, and um, what you hear in history, or what you read in history books, and were taught in, yeah, you know, in middle school and high school of what World War One was like and how just 
nasty and yeah terrible war is i mean i think sometimes we lose I sight wish, of how, yeah. how that how bad that was yeah and how bad it still is yeah. yeah uh we get caught up in some of the problems that we think are problems nowadays mm-hmm. and you, you don't always realize what it took to get to this point mm-hmm. in history and you know yeah. we, we don't like the fact that we can't find a phone charger <laughs> and yet people's grandpas fought you know went through stuff like this daily yeah to get us to this point in, in for years freedom yeah yeah like these wars didn't last a no. month they were year-long wars that were uh hard on thousands or millions and millions of lives yeah, yeah and affected lost, all of them lost family members and i think that those these war type movies need to get made so that younger people i think it keeps us from getting in wars when people can emotionally put themselves how bad is war really and yeah. what what things are worth fighting for to them were worth fighting for and the things nowadays that we get upset about yeah. and it really puts it in perspective so yeah. shows two different things it shows if things are worth fighting for do it yeah but don't just go to war for anything because this is how disgusting war is yeah um but yeah, I, I don't have anything else That's to add to the movie. I think we went through probably scene by scene and <laughs> yeah. probably more than we wanted to. But uh, I, there's just a lot to unpack with this movie and yeah. a lot going on. And um, just there are a lot of good scenes. So we just kind of talked about a lot of them. Um, so just graded out out of uh, five stars. What uh, So just zero stars if it was atrocious and five stars if it's one of your favorite of- oh, i would say four and a half man there's there's very few things i can really say that i would improve on it yeah um and it uh, yeah as far as the, the style of the movie it was uh, it's not my it's not my favorite style but i can definitely appreciate it and that's why i uh, said 4.5 because i i think that some of it leans on the fact that it was the one shot and that's kind of you do give up some things because it's one shot like it's not it's not a completely for lack i mean it's a little bit pun pun intended but it's it's not a seamless movie in that it doesn't have every element to it but the fact that it's one shot carries it uh you could have done more if you would have done multiple shots but you didn't and that's you, you leaned on that a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, four and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't give this one a five either. I was sitting between four and a half or four and a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, I think the first time I watched it, it was a little bit slower. Um, yeah. I, I was almost like dull. Like, and maybe that's I, one of the things I'm talking about is, yeah. Yeah. It almost drags because yes. of it being. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, the second time I watched it, I was a little bit, uh, I was able to kind of keep up with more of the story in this stuff. And yeah. so when you're paying more attention to the single shot, when there aren't, I wasn't really paying attention to the this, this story and stuff. So the, the filler wasn't as big of a deal because I wasn't paying attention to the rest of the stuff that made that filler story worth something. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, the dialogue I th- would say is the part that tends to drag sometimes in the in-between moments. Mm-hmm. You can tell that everything's, and, and in the special features, it's every it's, all of it's very timed out. Yeah. So I liked the dialogue that they did with Blake and yeah uh, Schofield, but when it was just Schofield, that's when it got a little dull in between the spots, and where uh, that's the part I'm talking about. I, right. I when Blake and Schofield were there, both there, there were two people that were able to kind of carry yeah 
the the in between spots when it was just Schofield. That's what I meant by it was just a little. There's a little few dull. places when it was both of them that I felt like they were taking maybe okay. I need to take two more steps before I say my next line. Oh really? There's a few spots yeah. in there where I'm like. Why didn't you just say that? Why didn't like, you just say yeah, that? Half like you're a second supposed to be earlier. Like talking like, back and forth. So, and maybe that's some of that's that's probably how it is more in real life. But you had to think for a second. Yeah. Before you spunk. Yeah. But during this movie, because it's shot like that, you know, if you cut scene, uh, uh, a line's supposed to start, you know, right on the mark. Yeah. Whereas this thing, you can tell they might have stretched things a little longer. Because you don't want things to. You don't want to run out of stuff to talk about. You're just walking for yeah. And it, 20 it adds to the realism of the mm-hmm. moment and having those dragging moments, but it's yeah. just a different feeling. But I agree when that when they when it's just Schofield, you don't have anyone to bounce stuff off of, so you yeah. kind of lose that back and forth. Mm-hmm. So. And so I didn't really talk about that too much during because we were kind of going through some of the scenes. And yeah. So that was one thing that kind of pulled me back the first time, not as much the second time because there was a lot of emotion and drive uh, with Schofield. Yeah. Um, but just, there was a little bit of a, a slow piece and yeah, but I think that's mainly just because of the one shot made them have to do that. Um, so I'm right on the board between four and a half, uh, four and four and a half. And I think I'm still going to stick with four yeah. cause that's what I originally did. And I don't like changing it on the <laughs> second watch. Sometimes if I'm like, this was so much better than I first thought, Yeah, like I did with uncut gems. Um, so I'll, from time to time I will, but usually I try to stick with my initial, Initial thoughts on it. I will say the uh, the emotion that they show in the death scenes and, and even when he tells his brother that he died. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people, I, you can kind of tell when it's faked or overacted. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I don't know, I don't know who the actor is who plays his older brother, the older Blake, uh-huh. but his delivery on taking the death of his mm-hmm. brother's news, the, yeah. that he did a great job. Yeah. It wasn't overacted. It was perfect yeah. and, and even Schofield really good actor. several th- times throughout that his facial expressions really hit on he's the a mark subtle, he, he's more of a subtle emotion yeah and uh, but it fits his character so that's just good acting because yeah. he's not an emotional person he's somebody that does more of a well, in that role, a you, wouldn't, person. you couldn't be I mean mm-hmm. he's a lieutenant and so you, you have to <laughs> bury that yeah. that emotion and you can see his internal conflict with it's eating him up, but he's trying to keep it together. Yeah. And yeah. he has to keep it together to <laughs> go the next day. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah. so yeah, I say four is where, yep. where I'm at. I don't want to, not going to budge this time. <laughs> Sometimes enough. I do, but <laughs> this time I'm not, but still four is great. In my opinion, four is a, yeah. still a great movie. Um, in between a four to, to five is what I consider great. And then like, one of my favorites is what a five star would be. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, I think that about does it uh, for this episode. Um, Thanks so, for having me. Appreciate of course, it. of course. Uh, he'll probably be on uh, sometime again in the future. So, um, if you liked the episode or have listened to a couple episodes before, make sure to follow us on Twitter. It's Couch Critics Pod. Um, so when you know new episodes are coming out, they uh, usually come out on Mondays. But just follow us there on on Twitter so you can uh, get the notifications and see when we're posting stuff. And then make sure to rate and review wherever you're listening to the podcast just so more people can uh, hear the podcast. All right. See you next Monday, guys.